Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, myself, Hybe, and You'll Never Walk Alone are delighted to be joined by legendary manager Mamba to talk about his Surreal experience, Surreal from a beta testing to today. We'll also take a look at Game Week 150 and all the great community activity, including the Ubisoft One-Shot League. So it's great to have you on the, on the pod, Anton. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm glad that you invited me. Happy to be here as well. Yeah, welcome, welcome. It's, it's weird because every time we have a guest on now, it's, oh, I remember you from so-and-so, so-and-so. But we really do go back. And prior to the beta testing in February 2019, I know that we, we spoke on different forums. We were both desperately trying to find sports NFT games. And we got caught up in some weird and wacky stuff uh, before we ended up uh, becoming, you know, Nicholas's disciples, in, say, in, in the very early stages. And, you know, we also shared a beer. Uh, when you came over to the UK and found yourself about five miles down the road from me as well. So look, it's great to uh, to have you on, but I know you, so uh, the others don't. Maybe you can, yeah, let us uh, hear your history. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Mark. Uh, we actually, yeah, met, uh, it was about a year and a half ago, I think. And it was, uh, I was really excited because, you know, when you were in a project with a couple people and you talk online, that's, that's one stuff. But when you actually meet with a person in person, and funnily enough, that person lives, you know, like a couple miles from the place that you went to work, it, it's just crazy. Yeah, so basically, to talk about uh, how how we started, it's it just looks like it was actually yesterday. It was, but it was two years ago. And I remember at that point of time when we started with uh, with you, Mark. It was it was nothing. There was no website. There was nothing. It was just a Discord group where we were talking about the idea of the creation of uh, so rare and then it was discord competitions where we could actually win a so rare card which was not minted at that point of time so kind of you know we were just soaked with that idea and we played with that idea yeah we had yeah we were having basically virtual fantasy football tournaments with cards that didn't exist but we knew could be created uh then we had a hall of fame where people were winning cards before the actual website went live and the first cards were produced so yeah and these were the very early days of the Jupiter league and getting to know players that are now become you know cult heroes in the game wow so what kind of players were were in that pool. I remember that uh, once you won, I don't remember what was the name of that competition, but when you won it, you could basically choose any player from any uh, Jupiler uh, team to be granted to your collection. So most of the time, I think most of the people didn't really know the clubs and the names and no one was familiar. Everyone was, you know, just choosing perhaps their interest of what they could find on the internet. I remember I my first card was Ruslan Malinowski and obviously I'm a, uh, I come from Ukraine so I'm a big Ukrainian fan therefore I chose him when I knew he was the main competitor of Benaken at that particular season and I think he he finished second as as a second place for the MVP run yeah but uh, quite a quite a talented player now in Italy obviously not getting as, as much game time as you would hope but yeah, someday to, to keep an eye on, do you think? Yeah, well, he he has been given so many chances, and he sh- if if he wants to start for Atalanta, I mean, he he should just you know work hard and 
get the place because he has a really nice shot and he's a really talented player. But then again, you have to work hard to prove that you are worthy to start every single game. Yeah, every time I've, I've seen him, he looks really good. Someday I always had my, my eye on, but he just never got enough game time. For me, so want to maybe keep an eye on in Syria. My recollection of the early Discord games, and again, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, Anton, is that we were able to choose five-a-side teams, so the classic as we have it now, goalie, defender, midfield, attacker, and then one other. You couldn't choose the same team as someone else, obviously. We only had the basic scoring metrics of goals, assists, yellows, red, and it was really primitive, like plus one, minus one, plus two, you know, depending on what the actual metric was. And then if you did win, you you got to choose one of the players that was in your five. So part of the strategy was you might, you know, you chose five players that, okay, if, if I win, then I'm able to choose one of these five. But yeah. quite quickly, as the weeks went by, after the Vanaken, the Wesley, Samata, Malinowski, and the other big names all started to disappear quite quickly, it played into you know what you then selected as your five because you you, you needed to make sure you still had a couple of people in there that were were winnable. There's no point having five cards in there that uh, had already been selected and won by others so uh, it was almost a sort of like the the one-shot league in a way where you you know when somebody won a prize like okay well it makes no sense to really choose that person now or if i do then there's no way i'm going to win that one in the future but yeah we somehow you know between the 20 or 30 of us between the game week loops we yeah we thrashed out on discord and then yeah that was a good month before the first cards were, were minted i think yeah it was something like two months wasn't it i think the first card produced was sometime in march day with a day have you kept uh, a lot of the the first 2018-19 season cards i know you've kept all the ukrainian ones what else have you <laughs> kept, kept hold from from the early days yeah let me let me actually check i have that opened i do have a couple and uh i actually thought just i think couple of weeks ago to look at that particular season and collect these and now I noticed that Sorero put an uh, advertisement on basically on the home page that they are they are showing the classics and you can just go to that page and find players from 2018 Wow, I'm just looking at yours just now and so Mail, you got, six, you got 63 gone. cards from back then, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, but some of these uniques that are sticking out so Malinowski, obviously Bongonda, Wacky Mele that's a yeah there's a samata as well in there and then you've got loads of really nice looking i think these cars look really nice so it's crazy to think that these they're only two years old but they still they still they still for me start to have a this vintage feel already they do i think a year ago when i started there was almost a, a they were getting discarded and people were starting to look at the newer cards because maybe the designs were a bit brighter a bit snazzier at the time but yeah, now you go back and, and look at these. There's there's something quite attractive to. I still always prefer the dark the dark navy uh, on the, on the super res than the new. Blue. On the West Ham one, yeah, I'm just looking at Rice and Philippe Anderson that you have there, Anton. They look. I probably uh, like the the most if you look at the design. That's unique cards from 2018. They probably are the best. Then again, my favorite design, if we speak about design, is that liquid dream that goes on um, uh, black and white kids. It's just, it looks unreal. I have pro probably the, the most beautiful design that's so rare I created, in my opinion, from the cards that I own, because I don't have the PSG limited uh, edition cards. Those look fantastic as well, especially the super rare ones. But that liquid dream, Marioka, is just 
probably the best the best design I've ever seen on so rare. I still like the early me. I like the early ambassador. Maybe it's maybe I've yeah, got yeah, in my um, head head the most that by having one of these, you know, signifies that we were part of you know the journey at the earlier stage. But I thought they were a really nice touch when they came out in that summer, just to say like, thanks guys. You know, we're not we're not there yet, but we've taken a big step forward from February to the end of the season. You know, again, we were all allowed to select something. You know, I think it was was it a competition, and then based on where you finished. Oh no, it's based on when you joined, the date that you joined. Yes, exactly. You were able to choose somebody uh, from your collection to get this uh, special treatment for, and and that was really telling because people went for players that actually had some connection or meaning to them yeah absolutely which one did you choose did you go with Tyvo? yeah i went with Tyvo. of course i went with Tyvo. yeah <laughs> that's 2018 so. legend isn't he he was it he was the first but he was a weird one wasn't he? i mean he was on loan at two belgian clubs in the same season and yeah obviously as soon as i saw the database of cards available he you know liverpool technically owned the guy he's never played for liverpool i don't think he's, he's never been able to get a work permit to come and live or play or train in liverpool but we own him and we farm him out every season and he went from ghent before the game started then he went to muskran and yeah now he's at union berlin and you know he'll probably be a journeyman he'll probably go to saudi at some point in his career and uh but yeah he's, he's yeah i've just uh, been fascinated to follow his journey you went for malinowski yeah yeah i did so in terms of you know you, you again with myself you've been on this journey from from day one um what are the, the the biggest memories that you've had and things that you've really enjoyed and you know what, what yeah okay witnessed? so so the first thing that I remember was obviously those competitions on Discord that we had and those kind of competition kind of pushed me to watching Jupiter football, which I didn't do before. And this is, I think, uh, this particular approach, you, you're just getting soaked into watching games on the divisions that you currently compete. The same happened with the K-League when it joined. I would never imagine myself watching a Korean, you know, uh, football. But then again, now I'm here playing in that league. And if you want to, you know, look at your players, you have to watch the games. Anyways, that was the first The first experience was those Discord games. And then I remember once the first cards were generated on so rare, we could buy them. And obviously you didn't know much about who's going to be good uh, under the new scoring matrix because the matrix was updated. What I saw that people tend to do they just tend to buy all of the cards and it was it was like a huge hype i mean if you look at those first versions of 2018 season you would see some crazy prices i mean not in terms of uh dollars but in terms of ease that's for sure could use those cards to then again compete against other managers but as we were uh really low numbers of managers it was the the hype died probably in about three months wasn't it mark yeah and i think mainly because at that time the jupiter league came to a close there was nothing like a euro or a world cup that you know so we actually did have a dead period or a quiet period in the game where we'd had a big explosion you know some good competitions we'd attracted some 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 cool managers people were dropping ethon cards but then at the end of that european season it was like Hmm, we've got nothing to do here. We created, you know, again, we used Discord as a, as a medium to create a media a, a media related game where we were, you know, trying to look for transfer rumors of player cards and we would submit a five-a-side team of players that we owned and then basically you'd get points on whether they got a mention in the press. On We had various different websites that we would uh, vet on a, on a day-to-day basis if they were going to be a rumor, 
then they'd get a couple of points. If they got a transfer confirmed, they'd get more points. So we still managed between us to find a way to create some rules and competitions that, you know, would see us through to the summer until the Jupiler restarted again. And, you know, before we knew it, we had the new 2019-20 cards for the Jupiler players and the West Ham players. And then we were off again. And, you know, at that time, we didn't really care. Or for me, I didn't really care so much about when are the new teams coming because I still felt that we were, you know, still in the very early building stage of, you know, defining what was going to happen next. And then the new teams came along. And I think Atletico was one of the biggest new teams that came before the turn of the year. Then Juventus came and then then we went up, yeah. another, up another level as well. Yeah. But actually, if we, if we go back a bit to that summer, what I remember was that, you know, you have all of those cards and obviously you invested ETH in them and you are kind of holding them but at some point you want to buy others and obviously you have two choices whether you want to invest more or you would like to sell your players you know specific players that you don't like and buy others and when you tried at that point of time to sell stuff you couldn't because there was not a lot of players on on the actual real i mean real players real managers uh in the game and the prices went really low and at that point of time, now we kind of joke about it because you can look at the card and see that you bought it for 0.01 when at that point of time, it was a huge risk because you didn't know how, how the project's gonna, you know, gonna turn out. I remember we, we did that league that media league, uh, we run through that. And then once the new cards have been released, the prices started to uh, go up a bit. And then I think that's at, at that point, we had another big manager introduced. What was it Zurav who joined? No, he yep. actually joined before. He actually joined during Med media league. I do remember that because because he was the one that actually bought unique Malinowski. And I was, I was kind of the maximum I was able to afford at that point of time was 2.5. And it was exactly the bet that, uh, that Zurao bought it for. And then we negotiated and he sold me uh, that card after the Media League because he wanted, you know. Yeah, I've just seen he joined yeah. on the tw 12th of June. So yeah, it would have been amongst that. And as you said, the liquidity at that stage, because we all knew each other so well and we were all competing against each other very aggressively. It's like what's happening a little bit now. It's like, well, do you would you rather give your ETH to another manager to make them more powerful than they can buy more things off the market? Or would you rather give your ETH to Sarer? Then you, you're not you're not giving yourself a disadvantage to, to other managers as well. And I can't even remember how many auctions were back then, but you know, we're up to an auction every minute now. But back then Yeah, how, it wasn't how, it, how it free, wasn't how that free. There was definitely nothing during the night if it, in European time. So there was a void from like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night through till 10 yeah. o'clock or 8 to 10 o'clock the following morning. So there was nothing that was going to help the American marketplace or the Asian marketplace. It was all f centered around managers that were based in Europe. But at best, it was what five, maybe an hour for eight hours of the day, 10 hours of the day maximum. Yeah, something like that, maybe even less. And, a un and it was a unique once a week or something or once every five days. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I think that uh, how how what was what was the actual release 
mechanics because I think we picked a team of the week and then based on who made that team of the week, those cards were released, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they were the super rares, weren't they? I think, yeah, we all yeah, had, some, rares, we yeah. had some sort of influence based on how they performed in real life and then a you know voting system on Discord and we'd create like an ideal five-a-side uh, SO5 team and then they were the chosen super rares that went out to auction, I think, or the four were and then the, the very best one was the, the, the unique for, for that week. Yeah. Now they now now we've they've probably been two uniques on the marketplace since we've been chatting on this pod. Yeah, it's when when you look at the market now. I mean, if you look, what was it? When was that big boom? It was on twenty eighth of Feb. When I remember, the cards were just you know sold every second. And the, there was definitely not enough on the transfer market for the new managers who joined, not enough auctions. And now so rare kind of released more, which is a good thing because now everyone can buy at a bit cheaper prices, not that inflated. Yeah, it takes time to adjust. And I think, you know, that's something that, you know, we, we've been testing for over the last couple of years is that you're not going to get the supply perfectly matched the demand at every single step. You can't, you know, we've had, you know, for example, Fenerbahce, when they come on board, there was a huge spike of, uh, of managers that came on board. Was that predictable? No. And then we've had, you know, Juventus or we've had other big names where maybe there hasn't been that spike of managers that are expected as well. So, you know, that we're not working with perfect information here. And I know that when people are on the secondary market and they're approaching other managers and they're saying, oh, but this guy sold for this yesterday or this guy, you know, has been selling for that. You know, that's, you know, that's using perfect information or, or, or history to your advantage. The fact is when you're in the heat of the moment, in an auction and it's a card if it's a super rare card you don't know how often that super rare is going to come around and i say two years ago you'd have a super rare card and you you would be you know you might not ever see that super rare card for another three four months oh yeah so at that, oh, so, yeah. At that so at that point making a decision to go one bit higher against a rival i'd say was was arguably more difficult than today where you go well you know if i don't get that super rare today then chances are i can buy it off another manager another version of another manager or you know someone will win it in the next couple of weeks and maybe list it or it'll come around again whereas say because of the the different frequency of the auction drops and you know the much lower amount of volume of prizes in total you know one of the nice cards back then like a declan rice for example if you didn't go for it then you know you might not have the opportunity to get another declan rice for yeah two two three months afterwards yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i i agree i agree with you here and even if you look at the other unique market it, it it's it's not like now you can choose i mean now you can look so rare data and you can see their stats before that you couldn't do that i mean you you needed to do lots of research you needed to find what the player can do in real life and see the statistics that you can get you know number of shots hit it etc and then again, uh, as those uniques weren't released, you you would just grab whatever was on the market. So it was really different to what it is now. But how it is now is really nice. And I think people are enjoying it a lot more with week by week. And so rare ecosystem increases uh, and improves uh, week by week, basically. I think it's still very early days where you talked about they're seeing Fernabachi coming on. I think we've still got lots of huge clubs to, to come. Do you know, we've got Boca, we've got Barcelona, we've got the Premier League clubs, we've, we've got Galatas, right? Do you know, we've got hu- huge amounts of fan bases that have not really been introduced to this platform yet. And I think... Hibernian. Well, exactly. Uh, I left them off because we don't want to put down the, the other teams. But yeah, there's, there's huge 
huge uh, amounts to, to go on this platform, isn't there? There's, I think this this next year is going to be really interesting. And as you said, there won't always be that perfect balance of the, the card supply or the, the pricing of that. It takes a little bit of time for things to be tweaked. Uh, I think I, I looked at the, the amount of people who own one or more cards. And when I started, it was about 500. So nine months ago, three weeks ago, that hit about 5,000. Yeah, 500 to 5,000 in about a nine-month period. And then just three weeks on from there, it's grown by another 4,000 managers. So they're quite significant. And how yeah. do you think that changes things for, for you? Anton, so so you've got quite a, a strong collection. I think like like Mark, you've probably done a lot of your your buying at this stage. You don't need to be dipping into the market as much as you you once were. But is there any particular leagues? Is there any particular teams, players that you're looking forward to coming on? I'm really looking forward once over signs Dynamo Kiev because obviously this is my favorite club, and uh, that would basically be my complete collection and. Uh, the reason why I actually bought Shakhtar, because, you know, the Shakhtar Donetsk is uh, their main rival. The fans hate each other. But then again, at the point <laughs> of time when Sovere just has those Ukrainians on those teams, I just had to, you know, to get myself a collection of Shakhtar Donetsk players. And uh, funnily enough, I have all of the players from a 2019 season. Uh, whether it's going to be, you know, rare, super rare or unique, but I have them all. Yeah, each version of, of the card. And uh, yeah, so Dynamo Kiev is uh, the team I'm looking forward to. This season, uh, they got an interesting coach who was actually a coach of Shakhtar Donetsk for years. And it's it's really controversial to the fans and how they uh, treat him and, yeah, and the team. But his appearance actually improved the team. At the moment and uh well we're losing 2-0 now and i don't think we're gonna make to the next to the next round so i guess uh you should be happy about that parejo going into the next round Hibi. i am i am don't worry don't worry just, about that just picking up on your shakta collection your impressive shakta collection there do you also see these as a, a potential bargaining chip for let's say kiev comes on the platform but unfortunately, it's going to come off the platform at a point where, you know, there's a record amount of managers. So I would imagine that there'll be other Kia fans, you know, within the database now also keen to get their hands on, on these type of cards. Do you see like, for example, maybe someone has a, a Liverpool card and they're holding it because they think that's a good way to get a Manchester United card in a, you know, whenever they come onto the platform or someone's owning Inter Milan cards thinking, well, AC Milan on on the platform right now, but if I've got some nice Inter cards, when AC Milan comes on, maybe they, these are good currency rather than, you know, ETH is not always the best way to unlock a deal. Yes, this is exactly, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So you explained that, uh, you know, you can't explain that better. But also from the point that when a person joins that uh, is a fan of the club, they can just go to myself and buy a whole collection of that particular club of that particular season. So they don't need, you know, to go to different managers and look for specific cards. I have them all. I have the complete collection of that club. And uh, I try to do that to a couple other club, but unfortunately it's getting, you know, a bit expensive when you try to collect more, but I'm definitely going to be doing that for Dynamo Kia when they join. So I think that probably takes us on to looking at some of the, the community activity. Going back six months, we had Surreir SO5. We had the ability to enter our, our teams there. Now we've got four different gameplays, three third-party sites 
um, that allow us to utilize our cards in different ways. So last week, we obviously talked about Ubisoft one-shot league. I think loads of managers got involved with that. I came six or 700th, um, and I thought I'd done quite well. They were all, all nice green scores, so it just shows you how competitive that really was. But that was a, a great success. The, the top 200 managers receiving rare Jupiler League cards, new joiners and existing managers all competing together on a level playing field. I think that's that's fantastic. A, a great onboarding tool for new managers and gives us existing managers more utility and a bit more fun. And then we've also got Surreal Mega. So you know, select eight of your existing rare cards in, in your selection. So these can be across any leagues, different formations that you get to choose, two, three, twos, two, two, threes. And so that's done on a game week by game week basis. So this week there was about 300 managers, 400 managers entered into that. So definitely get involved. This is, uh, I don't know why more are not, are not doing so. It's free. It links up with your Surreal account. So if you just type in surrealmega.com, you, you'll be able to get onto that link your your surreal account and enter on, on these mega days each game week and there's a couple of free card prizes up for for grabs there so get involved it's an extra utility and then the, we've also got the, the surreal data so yeah um on, on surreal data that's that's huge isn't it there's the league there's the cups you've got about eight different cup formats you've got the, the league which is going to be obviously a longer term endeavor where you're you're looking at a, picking 11 players rather than than just your traditional five. So yeah, you know, so, so many ways that you can use these cars outside of Syria. How much yeah. time are you spending a week setting teams at the moment, Anton? You might. It's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's 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 actually a good question. It, I mean, it takes a lot of time, a lot. I don't know, maybe maybe three hours a day, maybe more. It's it's just crazy. And I mean, once you have, I mean, it's a good headache to have, you know, when you have lots of players and you can stick them into different uh, competitions. But then again, the the problem to check the injuries and then the suspensions, it's just it just takes so much time. So I think this is one of the other ideas for other uh, managers to get on board and maybe somehow get this some kind of an application where you can get all of those injured uh, injuries and some suspensions and aggregate them in one place. So. We saw is um, Dominic, who was on the pod before. He's looking at doing some aggregation there and bringing together so a, a tool called Surreal Buzz. So keep an eye out for that. That's hopefully going to bring a lot of that injury suspension team news information all into to the one place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, if we if we go back to the one one shot league, that's that approach is really nice and probably one of the best onboarding processes uh, for Sora right now because you can just free of charge, you can build your teams and compete the whole season. And the amount of feedback that uh, was received during just the first week was enormous because people were literally getting free rare cards for just you know competing with uh, with but no investments and there was it was just you know the first week and then it's going to be the second once they can't use the players that they selected before and that's where the strategy begins and that's probably the the most uh interesting idea of the one shot league because because at the end of the season it would be probably a leaderboard where you can accumulate all those points and see how well you did 
by selecting specific lineups at the end. So it's going to be really fun. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Just, you know, to test myself how well you are and looking at the future and uh, choosing the correct players. Yeah, I think the level of detail that goes into the games and the thought process and the strategy, you know, it's it, for me, it it's almost takes... A lot of the value out, not, not, not value out of the cards, but, you know, you, you, you find yourself less focused on, oh, is this a 0.2 ETH card? Is this a 0.5 ETH card? You know, now it's a case of, you know, you've got your cards. Now it's about making who is the best manager, who can make the who can make the best decisions. We're, we're test driving it uh, in the Jupiter League, which is, you know, it's perfect. It's very apt for, you know, Serea's journey. But imagine another six months from now if uh, the one-shot league is also available for all of the other leagues you know okay maybe they'll need to tweak the prize distribution or what have you but it's another way that we can get fans of a particular team or fans of a particular league you know to get to learn about Serer before maybe even buying cards on the Serer market within Serer itself so I think as an onboarding tool you know you've got I see more Serer now of this huge warehouse that's just producing cards of every single licensed team every day of the week if you want to buy a card come to Serea you're always going to find cards for sale either on the primary market or from from the from the manager to manager markets but outside of Serea there are books now and where you can get into the game without even having visited Serea really uh, which I think is which is, is amazing yeah it is mm. so this week then game week 150 who have we got our, our eyes on? I'd imagine. Well, 150, we, we, we're celebrating a milestone, first of all. It's a big year, isn't it? We've we got Victor Osterman. That, that, that's a huge weekly special, isn't it? I think there's there's going to be a, a few other things come out, I'd, I'd imagine. There's a, a bit of a hype building around this game week, but the Osherman special there, so a special edition. Osherman, one out of a hundred, you need to play with a, a 2019-2020 season card. I'll have to check the team news on Andy Carroll, see if he's starting. Yeah, Osimhen is is you know one of the most uh, promising forwards, young forwards currently. But he didn't really you know get to show his potential enough. But I still think that the price tag of eighty million. I think they paid eighty, didn't they? It just says for himself basically. He's he's just unreal, and I think he he will uh, be along along the best on top with uh, Mbappe, Haaland. Yeah, you rate him that highly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's, I, I, that's I, I some mean, praise I've, I've, to put I've, him in that. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of games of him. I mean, I'm not. I think it's, it's unfortunately, yeah, because of his recent injury uh, track record, it's been difficult to get a gauge as to is he is he has he been able to step up towards the Serie A. Uh, Jonathan David. Again, we had question marks about him earlier in the season. I mean, he's certainly not the finished article yet, but he's certainly found a little bit more form of recent weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly fascinated to watch Osserman's next journey. Yeah, with Mertens coming to the end of his career and, you know, Napoli's, you know, right now need, you know, more goals to get themselves back in the Champions League spots for next season. Yeah, maybe he has got less chance to shine over the last period of the season to uh, get himself back on everyone's radar again. Yeah, hope so too. Yeah, pl- players don't necessarily always move and immediately make that big impact it's very rare that they they actually do and he's made quite a quite a few moves off late and at such a, a young age especially with everything else going on those changes of, of environments it's going to take a bit of time for to really click and yeah, napoli have so many attacking options as well he is going to be one of the, the main men there or the main man there and they will build everything else up around him so that's the, the weekly special 
there's obviously there's all the other divisions open, so barring the, the MLS, which is coming back in a, about a month, just under a, a month now, we've got every other region open, so Challenger, Champion, Asia, under-23s, uh, and also global there. I think for, for me, Boca River, that's a, that's a massive game in Argentina, isn't it? And it would be lovely if we had both clubs on. Same with Fernabach and Galatasaray when when that derby well, comes Fernabachi around. playing this week? I've seen you written it down there. I'd love you to have a, have a crack at pronouncing this one. Fernabachi so, at home too. So let's go for this. Genkler no, let's not, let's not go for this. Fernabachi versus Genkler. Fernabachi just got a home game this week, haven't they? Got, they got a home yeah, match. Yeah. Against a team that begins with a G. Berligi. <laughs> Berligi, Jenger, Genschleider, Berligi. There we go. We've got the right guess for this one. <laughs> yep. Right, we are going to be cutting this whole bit. So, Fernie Bacci, <laughs> got a home game. Well, we're all West Ham fans this week, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're, I know Dynamo Kiev's your, your number one team, but you, you've also got a soft spot for West Ham, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the first team that I rooted in England because uh, of another Ukrainian player that plays for them. Well, he doesn't really play now a lot, but, uh, you know, most of the time injured, that's Andriy Yarmolenko. But, yeah, because of him, I started to watch more and more games and actually love the team. Well, I'm, I'm a bit torn because I think, you know, West Ham are still so far above Liverpool, I need them to drop points. So maybe I'm only going to have to root for a Man United draw this weekend. It's disgusting. <laughs> I think, who, who is, just a second, who is that... Uh, just the name slipped. Their defender, the Craig Dawson, right? So he he's he's basically scoring every single game now. Yeah, he looks like he's got Champions League written all over him. That boy, isn't he? Yeah. They seem to get the best out of these aging centre backs. Ogbonna had a you know great start to the season. He was he was you know it's funny. He's a card that you could have picked up for 0.02, 0.03 for 90% of the time that Sarah has been going. Again, he's he's just been rock solid. Um, I don't know what his price is now, but he's the sort of card that. Everyone, most people overlook. They won't, you know, Ogbonna, 34-year-old man, West Ham, uh, leave him alone. But I bet you anyone that has owned him over the last six months has done well from him. But it's it's pretty hard, you know, to make that decision by him when you saw the previous West Ham season and when they fought for relegation. So, uh, you know, uh, if you bought him for that cheap and now you're basically prospering, you're a genius. But then again, not a lot of people we're willing to take that risk. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, now that now that we know that West Ham have you know fully passed on that form to Liverpool and Schalke, and uh, you know we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's it. I think you often see a lot of the older guys they, they get overlooked a little bit, uh, maybe undervalued by by the market. Not by by everyone, but I think for me thinking about that, some of that comes down to playing styles and opportunity cost. So I think there's managers like myself who've got a, a larger collection of cards. If I'm buying older players, I need to, to make sure I'm going to be using them. They need to be going into a lineup and enhancing a lineup and be competing, making me com- compete for, for more prizes. I think as you're, you're building a collection and you've got a, a smaller amount of cards, that's less of a, a worry. That opportunity cost shouldn't, isn't a worry. And you can actually look at these cards more, more positively, look at them actually as a, a piece of the, the, the pie part of the team that you're you're building they actually have the, the ability to return quite significant rewards so mark you've obviously talked 
on numerous pods uh, about some of the, the golden oldie guys that you have that perform extremely well and you become more attached to them as well as they, they do perform but yeah I think it's it's a case of being able to use them effectively isn't it? Yeah and I think what you've made that's a fair point there because say if, you, if you've got the size collection where you know you wouldn't need to go and dip into the market to buy someone like that then you wouldn't maybe you know managers like myself or, or, or Anton have got these old cards when they were in amongst some of the best cards that were available to us at the time. And it doesn't make sense for us to sell them on such a cheap level, because why would we want to give up something that has, you know, good utility for so cheap? So, you know, we end up keeping them. So maybe it's just how they've fallen into different collections at the time, because I say when you've only got Jupiter League or West Ham for nine months, you know, there's only a a limit to how strong a collection that you can build at that point. And and just because Atletico or Juventus come onto the marketplace, you're not going to suddenly just go, right, off, off goes Ogbonna now let's replace it with Delict it doesn't work like that it's, it's a gradual process to keep you know improving and, and, and rotating uh, your collection exactly they're going to have different values to, to different people and the historic element as you say there will play a part in that so any other thoughts this game week who else should we be looking out for who have you got your hopes on I think the Lazio one's worth um, mentioning because yep. it's a, a strange kickoff time. It's two o'clock on the on the Friday afternoon, so it could be the one that we might even be able to get a hint from an early press conference as to starting lineup. And you know, Lazio at home, you've got to fancy their chances. So yeah, maybe there'll be some teams that go quite Lazio heavy this week and might even better glean some you know information before the kickoff. And that's a team with some big scorers in it, aren't they? And they're at home against one of the the, the lesser clubs in that league Croton. so I think yeah if you can figure out who is going to be playing get that 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 selection use early doors and get your lineup sorted your Milinkovic Savic's and Correa's and are going to be yeah interesting in that one I think he was rested during the week. Does, does Vlat come off the bench? Uh, Vlat play against uh, Bayer uh, Leverkusen? Will he come back and uh, spoil and upset uh, people's Leverkusen lineups this week? Possibly have been. Is one I tend to overlook him at the moment. I want to get him back playing. It was quite disappointing for me last year, but huge talent and somebody who wasn't really fancied at his last club. Hopefully now he's he's going to sort of develop a bit more. I've, I've not been using him yet though. That's, I tend to do that though when a player transfers or gets into a lineup rather than taking that risk. Unless I, I really have, to. I like to see how they get on for a, a few weeks, get five, ten games under their belt, and then I can make a better decision. But yeah, he's he's a watching brief for me. He's one of one of the strange ones because if you look at his scores, even when he played for Underlack, he can you know either score a hundred or he scores forty. It's not he's not really a consistent one. But he's definitely a huge talent, and if he, you know, finds the right team and the right manager, I think he has a bright future. You see any six-nil score lines in the Eredivisie this week, uh, Anson, or in the Jupiter? There's only a couple of games in the Jupiter, but any uh, any landslide I, victories that you think might be on the cards? I think Groningen has a good game. I think they're playing Emmen, which is the last team on the okay. on, on the table. But the actual game that I'm looking forward in that division is. Uh, uh, BSV and Hoenn playing against Feyenoord. This is going to be one hell of a battle. Who do you see prevailing? Uh, I probably, well, I have lots of defenders myself, so I would be probably cheering for a 0-0, you know, and <laughs> both of them getting clean sheets. 
but uh, it's probably a, a game where uh, the rivals are of the same quality and uh, I think it's going to finish something like 1-1 or 2-2. Yeah, we're definitely going to see goals there. Yeah, I could see a 2-2 there. A couple from Zahavi and there's, there's so many goal scorers in those lineups, isn't there? So yeah, I think that's going to be a, an entertaining game. And then the other one I just put put down as, uh, you know, PSG v uh, Nantes, you know, uh, Lafont in goal, you know, Surely he's due a, a 32 score Lafont this week. It must be time to load up on Lafont on the under 23s. Yeah. Minus 32 and back against him this week. <laughs> he's got to be one of the most frustrating under 23 goalkeepers. Sometimes you'd rather just look at a DMP there than watch Lafont just just go from 35 and then just keep dropping throughout the 90 minutes. I think we need to do a poll. It's Merit or Lafont for under 23 frustration. Those two have got to be the most annoying goalkeepers going. Well, whilst we got you on the on the pod, uh, Anton, you, perhaps you can give us uh, a little bit of uh, an insight to uh, another under twenty three goalkeeper. I know you rate very highly, Trubin. Yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, I've didn't see him play last season because he didn't get too many chances, but this season he's just amazing. He is really mature. He is two meters high, and he the decisions that he makes in goal are really, really showing. Like he's only twenty, I think, but uh, it it's not like he's playing. You know, his age. He looks like a really solid keeper with uh, with a huge experience, and I think he will be the main goalkeeper for Ukraine in Euro 2020 in summer. Oh wow! Okay, so. so starting goalkeeper as well, yeah. I you look, think so. I you think look so. at these scores, though, against European competition. So a 73 against Real Madrid, a 63 against Inter, a 66 and a 64 against Maccabee, Tel Aviv. And there was another high score against Inter um, that I can't quite see at the moment. Yeah, he's 19, 20 years old. He's a, an interesting one, isn't he? There's there's a lack of under-23 goalkeepers. And for me, Donnarumma, he's the, the big one to come on the platform. I can't wait for, for that to happen. It's something I'm going to be trying to get all over. And I'm sure thousands, 9,000 plus managers will be now as well. So good luck to, to me there and, and everyone else. But yeah, Trubin, he's he's really interesting. And considering he's a card as well, which has got a deliberate, you know, well, it's, it's, it can only be scored at the moment in the in the Europa League. Again, the, the, the prices that he commands, uh, you know, uh, you know, show off that uh, he is highly, highly sought after. Well, the last few days were, were looking between 7.50 and Mind you, though, he's pounds. just conceded a goal to Pellegrini. Yeah, I was going to just say that. Oh, 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 easy, boys. Come on. <laughs> How's Pereo going? Oh, he's finished. He's in the bar. That's okay. He's, Mander tw- he's had his day. I think he was in the mid-60s, oh, maybe upper 60s. That's frustrating. I have him in my under yeah, there goes division three. Teams, yeah. I was betting on the clean sheet. But then so again. was I. I have um, Tet and Trubin to play. I had Mbappe as my captain, Ruben Diaz and Doku there. Yeah, that's... that's we, we, we can probably root, you know, for a penalty kick missed. Yeah, we'll get and something. Trubin making a save, yeah. We'll get something, don't worry. As long as Pellegrini gets his 100, Truba can get 100 as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Pellegrini has been really solid uh, late games. Yeah, you've got to find the games he actually plays, though, because he does get rested a lot in Europe. So I was actually just relieved to see him on the actual starting lineup to, tonight because he doesn't actually play a lot in the European games. But I guess now it's getting into now it's the, the stage. Uh, yeah, yeah now it's quarterfinals. Now you, you, you lead with your best with your best team. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Right. Well, good luck, everyone. I think it's a, another huge game week. Every game week seems to be getting bigger and bigger. 
with all the leagues coming back and more and more managers, more options. Yeah, so, don't forget to set yeah. your teams across all of the, all of the different games that uh, we've uh, highlighted today. And uh, yeah, game with one fifty. See see you at the auction house on. Uh, for, for the Osterman, sounds like uh, you, you might be in the market for him. You're going to maybe spend some of that uh, Maradona windfall. <laughs> yeah, I may be going to try and you know, make the first bets, but I don't think I'm going to last long. <laughs> well, let's see. You never know. The, the, the market at the moment, since the, the announcement, we had that big spike. It's come off a little bit. There's some great opportunities out there now. It's not as if we're not going to get some more good news in the future as well. So anything that you might have been considering to buy when you know the market was flying, you know, I think markets come off about 20, 25% for some of the bigger cards now. So yeah, uh, be prudent out there. But uh, you know, I still think there's some pretty good deals to be had. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Mamba, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, great to have you on, Mamba. Really nice Thanks, to, guys. To, 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 to have your insights. Keep well till we next see, speak to you again. Thank you. Good luck all. Mm-hmm.